Welcome to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. And while you're at Mid-America RV, that means you are on the Internet. So while you're searching websites, you might as well make your way over to GunSpot.com for any gun and ammo needs you might have. They do special. Ooh, they do not specialize. Excuse me. Well, they specialize in weapons and stuff like that. Here, let me go ahead and tongue-tie these sponsors together. But all your gun and ammo needs right there at GunSpot.com. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you visit their website. So be sure to do so at GunSpot.com. And while you're strapped up, saddle up in a new ride from Roper Kia. Check out their inventory online. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, they're going to save you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. And once you have that nicer, newer ride, it is a guarantee that you're going to need your oil change and your tire service. So make sure you get your vehicle on over to Downtown Lube right here in Joplin, Missouri. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Same thing. It's not a matter of if it's a matter of when you're going to need that oil change and those tire service. So make sure you get that taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. And what a weekend. A little bit of a sports break mm-hmm. almost from the weekend. No college football. Uh, well, we had Army-Navy. Hey. We had the Heisman Trophy. We do need to give some credit here to Army-Navy, especially myself. And I know Big Cat's <laughs> been battling it for a while, and I was not aware of this. I'll be completely honest. I took the over this weekend. It was a 32-and-a-half. And it, but it never hits. Is the thing. 16 years. It's been mm-hmm. 16 did years. Did you know that going in? I did. Mm-hmm. I, someone told me that, uh, someone called me non-American. Because I didn't bet the under. There's like, that's not an American bet. And it was like, ah, this year's been kind of crazy. Why? I'm going to be a little crazy. I'm about it. I like to party like my Jesus likes to party. Wear a tuxedo t shirt. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I'm going to bet it. the over. And I did. Yeah, thank God for overtime. Yeah, and Army wins that one. Uh, a good game. I watched a, a little bit here and there. I told you before that we were catching up. I'm like, what'd you do this weekend? I have my daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, their mom is out of town. So I've had them for like a week now, straight. I thought we would do something nice. I thought we'd go do some Christmas shopping on Saturday. Nice little family outing. Uh-huh. We started arguing with each other about three minutes into it. Had to say no to that and stop Christmas shopping. It was a great, just magical time of year for all of us. Was it, was it no one a gift or was it no one like what store you want to go to? Like how far did you get into the Christmas shopping? Was it like in the vehicle or were you in a store? Both. Ooh. It started with, hey, let's go Christmas shopping. No, immediately no. And then got to Walmart. Only made it to like Walmart and Target. <clears throat> so Attitude just, is I, I still have to buy a lot of Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah. For family members. Which is the worst part of Christmas shopping. Not to sound like a Scrooge. It's, well, just be it's like so me. stressful. Just have your family so messed up you don't even buy presents for each other. You don't yeah. worry about it. You just show up and it's like, who's going to be here? I don't know. Just as much a surprise to us. <laughs> That's yeah. the presence of Christmas. Do you guys do the, like the name drawing Oh, we used to, but then Not people anymore. stopped showing up, so I uh, can't yeah. really do that. We we do the name drawing and stuff like that, but there's there's a lot of us. So, like, my daughters each have to buy for a cousin. I have to buy for somebody. I got my parents to buy for. Very thankful. Mm-hmm. I actually I yelled at my daughters that they needed to be more thankful, and then here I am complaining about it 
as they can probably hear me from the other room. So <laughs> I'm very glad that I have great family members to buy for. I'm not going to complain about it anymore. And after Saturday night, I've got a little more change in my pocket. Thanks to Caleb Williams Ooh. winning the Heisman Trophy this year. A bet that I put in a while ago finally cashes. And I think there was some concern if, if he was even going to be the guy to win the Heisman. It really was a weird year because I don't even know if he did anything to really warrant winning the Heisman Trophy, but he did. I th- he was the best candidate. Yeah. 45 total touchdowns, 35 of them rushing. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the, the number there. Yeah, and I liked his even his speech. He said, you know, like, I'm standing up here, but at least all you guys get to go play in the college football playoff. Um, it was good. And I like it. I, it's easier to cheer for him now that he's not playing for Oklahoma. We yeah. kind of talked about that one, too. Uh, but then with him being just a sophomore, second-year player, I think a lot of the talk has kind of turned to can he actually repeat as Heisman? We've only had it happen one time with Archie uh-huh. Griffin. I think it was like 1978. I think that there's a really good opportunity for him. I mean, this is his first year at USC, but not his first year with Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. But a lot of those guys, it was their first year. So I think that offense is still growing, and they're going to hit the transfer portal again. They're going to oh, bring yeah. in some guys. I think USC is going to be really good next year. It's just there's almost a Heisman jinx, though. Even guys like uh, Bryce Young, who won it as a sophomore. Injury problems, a couple losses this year. It's hard to do. That's why we've only seen one guy ever do it. But I, I do like Caleb Williams's odds. I, I don't know what the actual betting odds are, but I, I, I would feel safe putting in a, a small bet on him repeating. Yeah. That would have to have a huge payoff, too. You go two years in a row, two on winning bets. That'd be pretty nice. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty nice for me. Pretty nice little Christmas bonus for you. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Daddy needed that money for Christmas. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's awesome to see that you know Caleb Williams was able to make it happen. I what is this? That the eighth player for USC to win the Heisman. I think that's the most at any other college um, in the nation. So that's incredible. Uh, you know, third quarterback from USC to do it as well. Um, Matt third, Reiner and Carson Palmer being the other two. Third for Lincoln Riley. Oh, I didn't even think well. of him. Wow. I also has, did not know that his brother is coaching at TCU, so Max Duggan being up there was yeah. pretty huge for the Riley yeah. family. Pretty cool little moment, yeah, for the Rileys. Uh, I, he's the offensive coordinator at TCU, so two Heisman finalists right there within the family. But, yeah, this is Lincoln Riley's third. I I didn't like Lincoln Riley when he was at Oklahoma, obviously, Texas fans, but I always respected and feared him because he's a great coach. He's that's mainly what it was for me. It was just absolutely exactly. fear. Yeah. He stopped being so damn good. Like, I was so happy when he left. And took Caleb Williams with him, but it had Baker Mayfield, had Kyler Murray, and now adds to the list with Caleb Williams. And you had Jalen Hurts there too, and Jalen Hurts finished, I believe, second or third in the Heisman Trophy as well. Like, how do you recruit against him? If you're going and you're sitting in the room of a quarterback prospect, and he can just put three Heisman trophies on on the table. (laughs) <laughs> How do you tell him no? <laughs> I mean, even as like skill position players, you know, like running backs, like, hey, you might not be mm-hmm. it, but like receivers and tight ends, you want to catch from a Heisman Trophy winner? Here we go. Same with offensive linemen. You want to block for a Heisman? Right. Come here. Yeah, man, I, I think that he is going to get things really going. I mean, even in first his first year, mm-hmm. playing for a Pac-12 championship and doing what he was able to do, I, I think that USC is in great hands, and we'll see what happens with Caleb Williams. I know there's been a lot of talk already um, about next year in the Heisman and also the NFL draft because it looks like there's two really good options in Drake May and Caleb Williams. Uh, yeah. Drake May, the quarterback at North Carolina, a lot of the draft guys already very excited about him. He had a great year. He even had some Heisman love uh, late in the season, even into like November. So I, that's going to be a very 
exciting battle going into next year. It feels like there's always like these big sophomore quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but it does feel like these two might actually be pretty special. We have Bryce Young, we have C.J. Stroud this year, but it feels like Drake May and Caleb Williams might be better than those two. I especially with the way they played this year, and you know, even it's something I've brought up several times is like heading into the draft, it doesn't feel like either one of those two guys have necessarily separated themselves from each other or the rest of the pack in terms of the draft class this year. Now, I know there's still plenty of time where they're going to do all their testing. They're going to have the pro days leading up to the draft. I'm sure that will get lined out more so as time goes on. But like right now and then after the season, I don't feel like comfortable being like, oh, Bryce Young is better than C.J. Stroud or C.J. Stroud is better than Bryce Young. Because you're going to look at their situations and you see, well, Bryce Young didn't have really the playmakers on offense this year that C.J. Stroud did, which is almost – Weird to say because yeah. Alabama's right. just had so many receivers come through the last four or five years. And then, I mean, recently it's been the same thing with Ohio State. So heading into the draft, I think it's going to be interesting to see which one of those two guys pulls away. But I think when you bring up Drake and Caleb, it's the fact that they just they extend plays with their legs and they make things happen and they keep it exciting. When I, and Bryce I Young and Caesar Stroud are more of those pocket pass type of guys. And with those two, they're really good college players, obviously. Bryce Young has a Heisman as well. But there's been a lot of doubt and question about them as pro prospects, where the other two, Drake May and Caleb Williams, it kind of feels like they are more of a draft prospect than college football players, mm-hmm. which is going to be exciting because even if you're not a great or you know historically good college player, if you have that draft status mm-hmm. tied to your name the whole year, it's going to be exciting to see. So uh, other great names to mention there with the Heisman Trophy – uh, C.J. Stroud, I assume he's going to move on this year. He's going to be replaced by Kyle McCord, who was a, a big-time recruit at Ohio State. But also, I mean, his teammate, Marvin Harrison Jr., I like his odds. If you're looking at you know somebody who's not a quarterback, Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, a lot of attention this year. He's got the name recognition. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's, it's weird how political the Heisman Trophy's become. Oh, without a doubt. You have to have I mean, that status going into the season. Like, I don't know. I feel like, honestly, and I know we've really heel-turned on this a lot. You did last week, and I think I'm going to now because I kind of went through a rabbit hole of it with Max Duggan. That's where I'm heading here. I think you should have gotten some more love and Heisman recognition. The guy, like, when you really look back at what he did with TCU this year, the fact that they're in the college football playoff, they didn't win the Big 12, that's whatever. But that guy had a good season. I think if like, they – If you the- take him off of TCU – TCU does, is not TCU this year. And I feel like that's almost what you have to look at. And some people can say the same thing with, you know what I mean, uh, but with, yeah, Caleb all Williams guys. and USC. Except for Stetson but, Bennett. Georgia would probably yeah. be fine without Stetson Bennett. Uh-huh. <laughs> but even but, with Max Duggan, I think if they would have won the Big 12, it would have changed things. Yeah. But since K-State beat them there to end the year, it's just it's tough. You have to ride that momentum. And that's why I said, like, it's, it is political winning the Heisman of – there's a real campaign that you have to do, and you have to get hot at the right moment. You have to have your Heisman moment. So even you know the guys at TCU, Georgia, and Ohio State never really had that moment. And I, I think that Caleb Williams having that big performance was I think it was against UCLA mm-hmm. at the end of the year where he kind of struck the Heisman pose, did some things, had his moment, ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. And I would have voted for him. A little bit biased. I would have voted for him, too. And, you know, the other guys that should probably mention, Kid Klubnik at Clemson. That's who I would put my money on for next he, year. Sophomore quarterback. It yeah. seems like it maybe even a little bit of a trend. Uh, I just I still don't know what Dabo was doing. I respect the loyalty 
to your guy, to your quarterback that you recruited and you came I, in and told him all I this stuff. wonder but, how much of it was for NIL deals that DJ Uyunglele had. I mean, he was doing Dr. Pepper commercials before the season started. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if how much NIL money was into that. Where it was like, I can't take DJ out. And that was kind of, you know, the concern for some people. Is, is a guy going to be forced to start because of the amount of money he's making, you know, for the university or from boosters for here? And it's like, well, now you look at the end of the season, it's like, okay, well, forget about that. I can't worry about it anymore. Cade, you're in. I'll deal yeah. with the backlash later. No, that's what it should have been. I mean, especially for a guy like Dabo who hates NIL anyway. You can't be concerned about that. That would be like playing a guy in the NFL just because he's making – a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It, I, so I don't know. With Dabo, to me, it always felt like more of a, I promised this guy that he would get the opportunity to play, and that's what was going on. He should have made the move at quarterback much earlier in the oh, season. About, about halfway through. There, yeah. And, you know, he's he did it before with Trevor Lawrence, brought Trevor Lawrence in, had, what was his name, Kelly Bryant, Bryant yeah, as the starter. He started for like four games. And then they moved and went to Trevor Lawrence as a starter. That's what it should have been at Clemson this they went, year. They went on to win a national title that year too, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, another guy that I was thinking about earlier today too is Donovan Edwards at Michigan. He's, mm. he's going to get a lot of opportunities next year. He can't enter the draft yet. I believe he's a true sophomore. And then you have um, Corum. He's probably done for. He's probably leaving. I don't even know if yeah. he's a senior, but he should go to the NFL. That's going to clear a path for Donovan Edwards who – Looked really good late in the season. Looked unstoppable, man. And he's going to get a lot of touches next year. So if I had to label a running back, it'd be Donovan Edwards. If I had to label a receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr. Now, us being Texas fans, is it too soon to throw in a Quinn Ewers or Arch Manning? It's coming it's in as definitely possible up Heisman there. Fav- not Heisman favorites, but possibility. As Heisman guys, in that, with that offense that they have with Sark, and Quinn Ewers, I've been really hard on him this year. I also need to remember that he should have been a true freshman. Yeah, yeah. And how bad, even at Texas, guys like Colt McCoy were their freshman year. Like They were decent, but it was still like they had a lot of headaches. Yeah. And Vince Young couldn't even beat out Chance Mock when he was a freshman. So maybe I need to pump the brakes a little bit on Quinn Ewers, who was like a 19-year-old kid. Yep. Was not supposed to be, you know, playing college football. I know that he had his red shirt year or whatever, but he still, this should have been his freshman season. And then he had some, some bad injuries. So maybe once he gets healthy and I did read some other people saying that they still thought he was going to be a Heisman candidate next year. So it's not just my Texas bias mm-hmm. that Quinn Ewers, they still feel like he can be a good quarterback. Just another year of, you know, hitting the weights, developing as a quarterback, you're, just going to continue to develop, you know, body anyways, growing, getting older. But it's also the fact that he needs to build his confidence back up. Like, it felt like last year watching games, the moment he took a shot, especially after the Alabama game where he went down to an injury and it took him out three weeks, anytime he got hit after that, it was like he just immediately became kind of timid, which I understand as a 19-year-old kid, you're getting popped by 22, 23-year-old guys. Who, by NFL players. Exactly. And so it's like, ooh, okay, hey, this is different here. I've already hurt my arm, my left shoulder. Really don't want to do that again. I'm gonna, but now it's like you get another year, that confidence is going to be there. And hopefully it's a, okay, hey, I'm confident, and that's just going to be contagious to the rest of the team, and Texas takes off. Well, and another thing that's really going to help, I assume is really going to help, Arch Manning is going to be on campus in January. And if that doesn't – Wait, in January? Yeah, he's going to be an early enrollee guy. He's, he's going to want that job. And if that doesn't push you, like having a Manning in the quarterback room with you – I don't know what will. 
So ha- having that duo in there, I, I think can be great for Texas and will be very exciting too. Arch Manning, I, I mean, if he can even remotely close, just get close to living up to the hype, he's probably going to win a Heisman Trophy. Quinn, is that what you're saying? Arch. Arch. Just based off name. Oh, yeah. If he so can I'm throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. So Arch Manning right now is 6'4", 215 pounds. You give him another two years, he might be 6'6", 230. Yeah. I mean, just and just natural strength and development there. Like I know that might sound a little crazy, but even when you look at Quinn, he's 6'2", 205. I'm assuming he's probably going to hit another little smidge of a growth spurt. 6'3", 215. Next year, that's a big difference. Hit one of those college listing growth spurts at least. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you're a junior now, so we're going to give me Dude, 6'4"? <laughs> yeah. I can remember when Roy Williams, the receiver at Texas, came in and was listed at like six foot two through the recruiting services. Yeah. By the time he left Texas, there were places that were listing him at six foot five. <laughs> and it's like, damn, this guy grew while he was at Texas. This yeah. is amazing. Then he gets to the combine and it was like six one and some change. <laughs> like, oh yeah, what? How, how does this happen? <laughs> Happens in the NBA all the time. Too, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand why. It's like everybody wants to exaggerate a little bit. A guy goes from six eight to ah, he's probably about six nine. Before you know it, he's six foot eleven, and that's getting rounded up to he's about seven foot tall. I know he's six foot eight. <laughs> Stop lying about this. Or the NFL, like I think, has finally caught on to some of these college programs, which has trickled down to them that. It doesn't matter what you list these guys at in college. They're going to find out at the pro days and at the yeah. combine. So if you're five foot ten, you're five foot ten. It's not going to change anything. They'll, they will figure you out. Um, I had some really good NFL games today too, and I just want to apologize to the Detroit Lions and their fans. Hey, I but also, don't even want you to. I just want I you to say, keep dogging, man. <laughs> like, find a negative and just hammer it home because mm-hmm. that it. The Pat McAfee show, there's a guy named Foxy who's his cameraman. And he has this thing where he does the brand new lines. And it is just, dude, it keeps me hyped up. He did a little video today after the game, just like running through the yard screaming. And I was just like, I am so happy for this guy. Like, I love it. Just lines keep doing your thing. It, with them, what is it, like five of their last six? They're now six and seven. Yeah, the last game they lost was Thanksgiving against the Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was like, I believe we were talking about that one. Like, that's a moral victory. You don't <laughs> yeah. get a lot of those in the NFL, but that was. And now, uh, today they beat the Vikings. That's a 10 win team. Like, I mean, seven weeks ago. That's how fast this is. Seven weeks ago is like, uh, is this. I said he should be fired seven weeks ago. I mean, it really ago. felt like their defensive coordinator should have been. They had the worst defense, and now their defense is getting turnovers, sacking the quarterback, getting pressure. I mean, on offense, it's just, I think the well, offensive even, coordinator's Ben Johnson has just been dialed up. Jared yeah. Goff looks, I mean, I exactly. don't and think it's too crazy to say he's playing his best football he's ever played in the NFL. Yeah, with Jared Goff, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, have he, myself included, is like, oh, they're, at least they're going to be in position to get a quarterback. I, Jared Goff's kind of buying himself some time here. It's where the Lions are going to be in position to get a quarterback. And mm-hmm. I don't think Jared Goff is the guy. But I think he's a bridge quarterback for another season. I was going to say, you take a quarterback and then just like don't yeah. even worry about starting. Yeah, and then you don't feel the pressure to have to, to play a quarterback. But mm-hmm. I, I'm impressed by what they're doing. I tweeted it out um, on Sunday even. Like, Dan Campbell, coach of the year, it's not a joke. It's like he should be considered coach of the year, or at least in the running. You know, even other guys that we were talking about, like Brian Dable was in the mentioned. Yeah. 
The Giants haven't been looking great of late, so I think you could probably knock his name out. Destroy today. I mean, just mm-hmm. absolutely annihilated. Yeah, and it's it's going to be hard to vote against Nick Sirianni with the Eagles after the way they've looked. Yeah. But I, it just and the other thing with Nick Sirianni is he shows so much personality on the sideline that it's fun watching the Eagles play. I was a guy that sat here in September and said, I don't, I just don't see it with the Eagles. Yeah. I don't get it at all. These guys, no. It's just everything's on paper. There's nothing on the field. Jalen Hurts is not going to be it. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is him. Like, I'm, I'll be the one to tell you, he is him. It is insane how good this Eagles offense is. And Miles Sanders is breaking away for two big touchdowns today, too. Just taking off 17 carries for 144 yards. A.J. Brown is the first Eagles receiver to have 1,000 yards receiving since Jeremy Macklin. And way back, who knows? Yeah, like when. 2014. It's just, it's insane how good the Eagles are right now. And honestly, there's a part of me that's like, eh, at some point it's going to come crumbling down. I kind of hope it doesn't. I, I like I'm seeing them just flying off. I like the Swan. mobile quarterback in Jalen Hurts. I've always been a fan of his. Um, even like when he was at Oklahoma for that mm-hmm. year. It's like, I can still root for this guy. I like him. I, I hope that he continues to be very good in the NFL. I like his style of play. I like his leadership. Um and I also I like when people start dogging somebody and then it just comes back to bite them, like the AJ Brown trade. So many people shit on that trade and thought it was so dumb. It's been perfect. It has been exactly <laughs> what the Eagles needed. Good job, Howie Roseman. Right, like oh, so you're paying him a little bit of money. You got to pay these guys. Like, did we mess up drafting <laughs> Rager as a receiver instead of Justin Jefferson? Yeah, we made that mistake. Have yeah, we recovered nicely by taking Devontae Smith and trading for A.J. Brown? Also, yes. Yeah. And you then, you know, also, it. I'm sure that he's gotten plenty of credit taking a risk on a guy like Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. and drafting him when you already had Carson Wentz in there and just being able to recognize it. You know, we've always praised the Seahawks for when they drafted Russell Wilson and be like, oh, we just can't let this guy fall any further. He's going to be good. Eagles did that, too. And now they're sitting there at 12-1. and one. I would like to figure out whose call that was. Like, at what point did they realize with Carson Wentz that this this isn't it? Like, the year yeah. they went and won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz was playing at MVP level. I think it was like five or six years ago on this day was the game that they were playing, and Carson Wentz tore his ACL, and the Eagles went on to win the Super Bowl because Nick Foles comes in. But, I mean, even after that, at what point do you realize you're looking at Carson Wentz, you've just paid him this huge contract, you've just won a Super Bowl, and you're going – We've got to move on. We've we've got to start looking for. I think the options. locker room probably helped to tell that story, yeah. as well. Like just people didn't like him. Carson Wentz, man, that's another story. Like I mean, I he's not even in uh, Washington. It is right. Like Taylor what does he do? Yeah, after the season, I don't feel too bad for him because he cashed in on like hundreds yeah, he's of millions, millions of dollars. Yeah, he's probably just going to live off that in the hunt the rest of his life. <laughs> probably that's a good living. Yeah, but like. Do you, does he have a career in the NFL as a backup, as a, as a journeyman? I don't know. If he could accept that role, I would assume so. Because, I mean, who wouldn't right. want a 6'5", 230-pound backup quarterback that mm-hmm. is, is capable of making plays? Yeah, and that has been successful in the league. Mm-hmm. And it's, hopefully, hopefully he does do that. I would like to see it. Yeah, him. I think it would be nice. I would like to see him possibly be the next uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, where you just kind of accept your role. Like, all right, this is who I am. I'm just going to be... Just the fun guy in the locker room. Team players haven't really liked me in the past. Forget about it. I'm about to be the fun guy. Now, just genuinely be the fun guy. Don't try to be the fun guy. Because when you try to be the fun guy, you're not the fun guy. Yeah. And that's talking fun guys. 
lesson learned personally? <laughs> no, I just, I hate when other people try to do, like, I can just tell when someone's trying to be something that they're not. And it's just like, man, just, you'd be so much cooler if you weren't trying to act like that. How about this one too? The, the Sunday games are not over yet as we're doing this. Yeah. I'm getting a little nervous. What about uh, Sam Darnold? He looked pretty good today. It's so I didn't about see halfway through the third quarter. That game. He, so far today, he's 10 of 14. Uh, but the, the, Panthers are up on the Seahawks right now. He's another guy that I might have said I was done with him, but I never really was. <laughs> you know? He's yeah, just, we're not. I'm, he's always been. We broke up. There. I'm not talking to him I anymore. I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago of like, do, maybe it was even you last episode. Of like, I think he still deserves a shot. Yeah. I mean, you can think everything he went through in New York. There was nothing there. Like, I feel like if you put Sam Donald in New York right now, Forget Zach Wilson. Like I think the New York Jets would welcome Sam Donald. <laughs> like, could you imagine that if they brought him back? <laughs> I kind of want to see it. I do too because like they actually have weapons. There is a defense. There's a good coach. Like, <laughs> yes, there I, I, is st- there's structure and stability there for the New York Jets, and they just threw away Sam Donald so they could go get an immature kid who's had it his whole life and doesn't know how to appreciate it again in the NFL and is just yeah. a little. Brat is really just what he is. And I, I hate to make excuses for guys in the NFL. Sam Darnold is the one guy still for me that's like, he might need another What chance. if? Yeah. <laughs> this guy had Adam Gase as his head coach. With he needed some time. Nothing and he came office. in as a young prospect, too. Mm-hmm. They but spent all their offseason money going after Le'Veon Bell uh-huh. and, def- and a couple other defensive guys who never really played for him. And then even with the Panthers – Matt Rule, I think he's going to be a really good college coach. He failed in the NFL. Yeah. Like, pretty badly. Yep. Now, was it Joe Brady's fault as well, being the offensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. There's some probably some blame there as well. But I don't know. It's it, interesting. How about a guy that we haven't talked about yet because of the Thursday night football game, Baker Mayfield? I'm glad you brought it up because I was getting ready to. Dude, I, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I was cheering for Baker Thursday night. I was up off my couch being like, let's go. I... Turned the game off. <laughs> Did you really? I had yeah. uh, my so I have a buddy who is a Raiders fan, and uh, that was a game, right? It was yeah, Raiders and uh, and, Rams. and Rams, yes. And he's texted to me just like, yeah, Raiders got it. And I was like, mm-hmm. what if Baker, you know, marches down the field and they score? And he's like, there's no way. And then he freaking does. Yeah, what was it like, ninety four yards? <laughs> yeah. Now thanks oh. to two large penalties that helped out a lot to keep the drive alive, but it was still the fact that right there at the end of the game, it just goes to show too. As much fun and enjoyment that was for Baker Mayfield and the Rams to get that win, the Raiders freaking suck, dude. It's I mean, they, I've seen three, a lot of people talking about it's firing. three or four games this year where they've had mm-hmm. at least a 13-point lead. In the and fourth they quarter. they have blown it. Yeah, I thought. And it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people talking about firing Josh McDaniels already, which I kind of get it. I mean, that team has really just underperformed. I don't see the other thing too though is like what is like what does he have to work with defensively? You have a good defensive line, but honestly, that's really like nobody else in the secondary has been anything. Right, Your defensive coordinator also is just figuring out the hard ways of how to lose. I don't know why you play a single high safety in that situation. Yeah, I Boom, think it was like, Baker that even said like I can't believe they had that coverage right there. They're yeah. daring me to throw that ball. Like, Thank you. Yeah, and I I was happy for Baker Mayfield. I did. Uh, I tell a buddy of mine on Friday morning, it's like, I had a tweet. I typed it up. 
I was like, this is irresponsible of Sean McVay to even play Baker Mayfield in this mm-hmm. game. I mean, honestly, it still kind of is. Didn't hit send on that one, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> but I, I thought it was. Like, how are you going to let this guy show up on, like, Wednesday or Thursday morning, whenever it was, and yeah. then play him in this game? Not in just like, hey, let's give you a series or so. Play him the whole damn game. Yeah. And so I'm glad I didn't hit send on that tweet because Baker Mayfield did look really good. And that was kind of my thing with him and the Panthers too. Like let him get a chip on his shoulder. Maybe he didn't have enough of one with the Panthers. Like, he does. Maybe now. now he does. And he's got the respect of everybody in that locker room. Like you came in mm-hmm. here and did your best to learn the playbook in two to three days, or John McVay did enough to learn your old playbooks and what works best for you. Yeah. To put you in situations where you were comfortable. And like you hear, you're, you see like Jeff Schwartz and Mitch Schwartz on Twitter talking about like, I don't think other people realize how difficult it is for a quarterback just to come in and immediately have timing with receivers. Or the and, terminology. Which so is crazy spit for, out of play. for it's crazy for an offensive lineman to understand how difficult that is for quarterbacks to get timing with their receivers. But I also think it goes to show, too, with Sean McVay of, don't even worry about timing with their receivers. These are the plays. That's where these guys are going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think like, that's just where come also, in and do your thing. Yeah, some NFL coaches get in their own way. Mm-hmm. Like You don't have to come in here and be super cute. Do what works. Yep. Keep it simple sometimes. And against the Raiders, it worked. And for Baker Mayfield, like, we'll see what happens with the Rams. They're still not a good football team. But it, I think it's probably a good audition for Baker Mayfield. I, I don't think that he stays there. Uh, Matt Stafford signed a big contract. He's going to be their quarterback when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. But for Baker Mayfield, it's a really good opportunity. There are going to be some teams after the season that need a quarterback. And one of these teams that are playing right now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're getting their asses kicked by the 49ers. What are they, what do they do at quarterback? I mean, I'm saying this because Tom Brady is a free agent after the season. Yeah. He can walk. He He can retire. retire. He could go somewhere else. Has he not already? Did I just assume this? Did he not say that this was his last year? Did he? Or did we all assume that because of the media deal? So maybe that's where it is. And the assumption was there because of the media deal. I mean, I and just believe. the divorce of your of your longtime wife. I just, I guess that's the other part. I wouldn't put it past him though, and I don't remember either. Um, I don't, I don't remember him saying anything about anything definitive about this being his last year. If it's not like if you're Tampa, you move on. Now the other thing too with Tampa that we need to remember, they dealt with a ton of injuries. Mm-hmm. You're, you got two off. You have one offensive lineman just suddenly retire. Your starting center goes down with an injury. You, I think your other guard went down with an injury as well. I think Werfs has been dealing with an injury. Their left half feels like that receiving core is always hurt. Yep. I noticed something last game that I don't think anybody else has brought up, but Tom Brady, they said Tom Brady mentioned in the producers' meeting, the head coaches have said the same thing, that Chris Godwin's the best receiver on the team. Hmm. And I was like, here now, I was like, what? Like, you're just putting him over Mike Evans, and then you watch the game, and he's the guy Tom Brady goes to the most. And, like, Mike Evans is kind of the – you know, he gets his plays here or there, but like that offense flows through Chris Godwin for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mike Evans is a great receiver. I, I do really like him. I also think that as NFL fans, we overrate guys based off stature. If Mike Williams were six foot one or six foot two, we wouldn't talk about him the way we do because he's six foot five. Calvin well, Johnson yeah. is like the, the ultimate guy for me. Mm-hmm. Like if Calvin Johnson were six foot two, two hundred pounds, and put up all the numbers that he had, we wouldn't really talk about him as like this first ballot Hall of Famer. We're like, man, that guy was really good. Yeah. Should have kept playing and he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. But since he was six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds, people are like, he's the best receiver ever. 
Yeah, test it off not the top five there, actually, but yeah. yeah. And Mike Evans might be another one of those dudes where, since he is also six foot five, you get a little bit overrated. I would like to see him play with a quarterback sometime in his career who is good at throwing the ball down the field, because I feel like that's Mike something Evans. he would excel in, and he's just never had it. Johnny Manziel. I mean, even with Johnny Manziel, it was just like crazy plays that Johnny's doing behind the line of scrimmage, and Mike Evans is like, just throw the freaking ball up. I'm Mm -hmm. 6'5". And Johnny's like, you're right, here it is. And it was just like one of those deals where even coming into the NFL and you have Jameis as your quarterback, similar situation. Tom Brady, Mm -hmm. you're going to get some opportunities downfield. And I'm not – I mean, you put him with, let's say, Josh Allen or, you know, Stafford in L.A. or Justin Herbert. Like, we see that with Mike Williams. Big buy receiver. Hey, I'm in a tough situation here. 50-50 ball. Mike Williams comes down with it. Got a huge payday last offseason because of it. Mm-hmm. And sticking with that same game, though, how about Brock Purdy? <laughs> this is another kiss of death curse for me. I talked shit on Brock, Pur- Brock Purdy last week. He looks good. And 49ers have 35 points right now on the Mystery relevant. And that's another story that I just kind of root for. He's got two touchdowns. I'm kind of rooting for it, too. Mm-hmm. It, Kyle Shanahan... You guy does some things. <laughs> I, like, I don't completely understand it. How you can have Trey Lance, who is like the most athletic quarterback ever. You can't get anything going. Nope. You find this little nerd off the street in Brock Purdy or Kirk Cousins or you know, Matt That's Ryan. all he's wanted. That's why he <laughs> right? wanted Mac Jones. He's like, I don't want someone to get out of the system. And Mac try Jones and is a Hall of Famer, MVP candidate this year if he's a 49er. Yeah, I mean, he probably would be really good in, in New England as well if they didn't have a defensive coordinator calling <laughs> yeah. plays. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see. I find myself rooting, to, at least today. I, I made fun of him last week. I find myself rooting for Brock Purdy, which is weird because I don't like the 49ers. But putting up 35 points, again, it's about halfway through the third quarter. Mm-hmm. It is 35 to nothing. Yeah, we are doing I mean, a podcast, so I'm not watching that game any longer. Putting up 35 points to zero points on any team in the NFL is impressive. But this is a Buccaneers team that won the Super Bowl not long ago. Yeah, Tom Brady's like, hey, we'll just spot them 35 and then come back. I mean, Tom, we've seen Tom Brady do crazy things. Now, the other thing, too, here with this matchup for the 49ers that Debo Samuel did go down with a leg injury. Uh, current reports are the fact that it does not seem like it's a serious injury. It's just a really bad twisted ankle. The team's optimistic that he will be okay. And he scored another rushing touchdown today, too, and mm-hmm. it got a big payday as well. I think it was like a $150,000 bonus for scoring that next rushing touchdown, which yeah. is kind of crazy because a lot of the talk in the offseason was he doesn't want to be used in that role anymore. I think he kind of liked it today, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when that check clears, you're going to be like, yeah. I'll take some carries at, at running back. I'll score a couple touchdowns. And Christian McCaffrey also. Everybody for the 49ers looks good today, but Christian McCaffrey over 100 yards and a touchdown as well. And uh, another one receiving. That's been a really good fit that could be very, very exciting to watch in San Francisco yeah. as he stays there with um, Kyle Shanahan and, and that offense. But um, also you know, sticking with the not-so-great, how about this one? Deshaun Watson and the Browns just looking bad. And sorry to any Browns fans because I hated your last quarterback. And I hate this one too. I love it. I, he threw an interception today. I love it. Uh, he got sacked. Loved it. Like I, <laughs> The heel turn that I've taken on Deshaun Watson has been huge. And I did not find myself. I didn't think I would be anti-Browns guy. Mm-hmm. But here I am. 
Uh, I was kind of pissed, mainly just the fact that I took the Browns plus six. I had another one of those huge parlays where it's just kind of like, you? Man. No. Yeah. <laughs> I had some other ones in there that were just single bets, but like that was just my one big parlay of the week. And uh, I was supposed to put it on Thursday night, but I didn't get over to Kansas. And I'm kind of glad I didn't because I took the over for the Raiders-Rams game. That clearly didn't happen. But it was like, okay, I missed out on that. But then I took the over for Army-Navy. I had some of these other games in there. I took the Lions. I know they were favored. Some people were, were kind of confused by that. I rolled with it. Brand new Lions. You love to see it. But I took the Browns plus six. And they lost by eight. The Browns I just, I needed, they had a fourth and goal. They had a third and goal. And you know they're going to go for it on fourth. Sean Watson goes for the end zone. I was like, why? Get yourself closer to the goal line. So fourth and goal, you can run one of those plays that keeps everything Wide open when you get a tight end in the flats, a play that works every single time. Yep. And nope. it feels like stupid decision making. With the Browns and Deshaun Watson, that they're getting away from the running game. Yeah. It's like it's been two weeks. Deshaun Watson's gonna be rusty. And he's he also has been off terrible him. person off the field, yeah. but he's he's a good football player. Don't get away from like your bread and butter, from your identity. Run the ball with Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. He needs to have twenty carries. And then you can, you know, hit teams with the play action and, and things like that. But it kind of feels like over the last two weeks with Deshaun Watson, you know you have a, a better quarterback in there, and they've kind of gotten away from who they should be, in my opinion. Also, though, is something that we talked about last week off air, I believe. The Bengals seem to be getting hot at the right time once again. Uh, what was it, Thursday or Friday? Uh was the time last year where we did our who's Super Bowl contending teams, and I put the Bengals on there. I almost shared it, but I was just like, I don't need to bring it back up because they're beating the Chiefs. But yeah, <laughs> uh, they've won five straight games now, and there are a couple good teams mixed in there. Uh, the Panthers have not been great. The Steelers have not been great, but they did beat the Titans. They did beat the Chiefs, and then today beat the Browns. Five straight wins in the NFL is tough to do. I don't care if you're playing the five worst teams in the NFL. That's very tough to do, but it, it does. It kind of feels like, to me, that the Bengals are, are starting to kind of put it together. Yeah, and, and it's get cr- healthy even. Yeah, I mean, Joe Mixon's back. Jamar Chase is back. Your defense looks solid. I mean, you got Henderson and Hendrickson. I mean, it's just it's one of those deals, too, when you're sitting here, look, excuse me, Hubbard and Hendrickson uh, for the Bengals on their pass rush, where it's just, I, they just feel unstoppable. Like, you, they trust their secondary. You guys just go get the quarterback. You just pin your ears back and go. They have fast linebackers that are good in coverage. They're good against the run, and they're disciplined. And they, that's the thing with the Bengals is they just stay disciplined and they do their jobs and they win ball games. And with Joe Burrow, I don't like. There's a part of me like I root for him, right? And I'm excited to see. But then there's a part of me that's just like waiting for him to start failing. I and it's don't just, like him. And it's just not happening. Like he just keeps finding ways to win ball games, mm-hmm. and it's almost aggravating. But then he makes a great throw, and you're like. That's freaking impressive. I can't be up. Like, I have to respect that. It was the same thing last week against the Chiefs at third and 10. Zips it right there. Perfect throw. Defender can't get it. Only where your receiver can. Receiver makes a catch, comes down with the first down. Boom, Bengals win the ball game. Well, and I know you remember this, but I I got a lot of crap on Twitter because my player comp for him was Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what we're looking at. It feels uh, like. Pat myself on the back. I think it's spot on because even with Joe Burrow, it's not always the wow throws or like he's putting up huge numbers, mm-hmm. but he's making plays when he needs to and he's converting on third downs or fourth downs. Yeah, and he's, he's good in the pocket. He mm-hmm. has the legs to get out and move, which Tom Brady we know does not, but it's still like the fact that you can dance around in the pocket, extend plays, and then make the right throw. It's just 
it's perfect. Like it, it's what everybody wants at quarterback. Like, yeah. I know we all love Mahomes. Right. But there's moments with Mahomes where it's like, whoa, hey, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like just calm down. Like, Most hey, of the time boy. it works out, but oh, there are yeah. Times. I mean, a no look underhand pass. Yeah. Had that one had me off the couch today. Yeah. Had like, me. I was legitimately laughing out loud. I was like, that it, is hysterical. No look underhand. Boop, there it is. I, that's probably my favorite play that he's had. <laughs> yeah. I, that one was just ridiculous because, honestly, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, why? Like, don't take a sack here. Like, don't yeah. take another hit. Don't take a sack. Like, just throw that ball away and live to fight another play. Yeah. And then, boop. I mean, it's a basketball pass. It's- it 100%. Like, that's a screen. Like, that's a pick and roll type of pass mm-hmm. where it's like they closed it on me. Boop, there it yeah. is. To go you know, up and that's slam the it. kind of shit that you see LeBron James do or Magic Johnson. <laughs> yes. and, Le- and Mahomes is doing it on the football field. It's I My ridiculous. other thing, too, that I wanted, like, how many high schoolers try that next year? And it just and fails miserably. Exactly. And coaches are like, why? Why did you think that was a good idea? Saw it last year, coach. Wanted mm-hmm. to give it a try. Yeah, or the no-look stuff, like a lot of people yeah. are trying the no-look stuff. Mahomes is still uh, doing it. I really know, wish there was the technology and, like, like I wish we could record high school games or watch them like they do NFL because I would love to see a kid try and do a no-look, and it just fails miserably. Like, I think that would just be hysterical. Oh, yeah. It's like close game. I'm a, I'm Patrick Mahomes this. Man, uh-huh. you're a joke. He clakes it right off the ref's yeah. face or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I when I was back in my playing days, yeah. I um, Brett Favre was the dude, and I threw an underhand pass. Yeah, and got my ass just handed to me on the sideline. I'm like, "What are you doing? Like this? That was stupid." Like I, I got an ass chewing. <laughs> and then we we rewatched the game film, and the coach was like, "Oh, that was a catchable ball." <laughs> my apology. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. Um, I didn't try it again, but. I, I, I know that there are kids out there at all levels of high school ball that are trying some of this stuff. Some of it's probably working out. Some of it, most of it, is failing miserably. It almost makes me want to go be a PE teacher so I can just mess around in the gym and do this stuff too. Like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and just no like, look. what are you doing? Like, man, I don't know. Not uh-huh. be a Patrick Mahomes. Right. And, you know, even Caleb Williams, I, I do like him. He had some comments about, like, being similar to Mahomes. Yep. Like, eh, let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. I think he's the closest thing we have mm-hmm. in terms of resemblance for the athletic ability and stuff like that. And I think we just saw live Russell Wilson break his leg. <laughs> or he's, He looks like he's about he's to throw up or pass out. <laughs> so that's not good. Well, that's why you slide, kids. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of what you should or shouldn't <laughs> do after watching a football game. I hope he's all right. No, he uh, is concussed. Put him back on the ground. <laughs> Do not let him stand yeah. up. Why? What medical person? I am not the person that is. should watch this stuff live because I have bad comments when people get hurt. Like at this, like, why is the first reaction for the medical staff to be like, "Hey, let's go ahead and get him stood up"? Hey, you know, no, what? the first thing everyone says is, "Back away, give him some air." They're like, "Pick him up." <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I got this arm. You get the other one. <laughs> yeah, that's straight. Just head to the ground. Too. Ouch. Yeah. Ooh. He's getting out of the game. I don't it feels <laughs> yeah, like we're having so many more of these uh oh, I gotta tie situations. Russell, your shoe's tied. <laughs> Russell, your shoe is tied, man. <laughs> I'm uh, fine. I just gotta put my shoe on. Get the grass out of his head. No, Russ. Help a brother out. Your shoe is on, man. Like you're, <laughs> you're coming out of the game. That's not good. A lot of people early in this Chiefs game were kind of calling for Brett Ripian anyway to come in. And now it's going to happen. We'll have to see what happens with Russ. Uh, but it was an exciting little 
little Sunday uh, of yeah. action. Um, the Jaguars. Sorry. Huh? If you get knocked out, is that a concussion? I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I just, I want, because, like, I mean, he clearly seemed like he was knocked out. But if he goes and passes concussion protocol and he comes back in the game. Well, I think that was part of the stuff with Tua. He even was like, if your body's showing signs of it, you don't get to go back in the game. <laughs> yeah. he, if he goes That's, back in the game, people need fired. Yeah. In Denver. And not just saying that because they're playing the Chiefs. But, like, we saw them zoom in on that man's face. He was not coherent. Yeah, it looked like blood was coming out of his mouth. But, anyways, <laughs> yeah. back to the NFL. Jaguars today. Plus four against the Titans. I got talked out of that bet. I'll tell you what, I wrote it down for the Titans minus four. On my bet, like my bet slip, I forgot to change it. So I won that with the Jaguars <laughs> plus four. So it worked out for me. <laughs> and they, they won 36 to 22 over yeah. a, a decent Titans team. The Jaguars are another one of those teams that they're quietly making a lot of progress. I there mean, are times Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence has taken leaps. Yep, this year. he looks amazing and mm-hmm. he's, he's not really getting a lot of the attention because they're still the five and eight jaguars but if i were a jaguars fan i would be very excited about what that team has shown this year first year under doug peterson yeah i mean you know that you need to go get another surefire offensive like receiving weapon like you desperately need that some somebody that's reliable and not just over overpaying for free agents there and christian kirk i don't know what he's done this year at all to just be completely honest with you and then you just need to keep adding to your secondary and clearly your offensive defensive lines too, of course. But <laughs> boy, it's like I started a little list there and it just turned to this big giant large list. Jaguars still have a long ways to go, but there's some progress They're being made this season and it's exciting. And hopefully they keep heading in the right direction. Well, and Smitty put it in the chat too. They traded for Calvin Ridley at the trade deadline though. Oh my God, I forgot so about like that. They, they are going to have that. That's going to be Smitty, huge. thank you, sir. Appreciate the mm-hmm. live help there. And even if Calvin Ridley comes back and he's rusty and he's not very good, he's still going to be a good wide receiver too in the NFL. Isn't it also stupid that he's <laughs> suspended this whole year for betting? Yeah. It's so like dumb. This whole like, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson is yes. playing in his second game this year. I just like, do we need to go there? But yes, we do. Like Deshaun Watson is playing quarterback, mm-hmm. and all these allegations are there. Even Calvin like, Ridley won his bets and is yeah. suspended. Yeah, or you know, even again, we're watching the Chiefs game as we do this. Willie Gay's out there. Yeah, he he got a pick six. Problematic. Today. <laughs> but vacuums. yeah, the Deshaun Watson. Like, if he's playing, what are we doing? We're suspending guys for doing something that is. A legal action in like most states, or yeah. some states at least. It's it's ridiculous. I don't know, but happy for the Jaguars uh, to see what they're doing. Let's change pace a little bit here because I did want to talk about Major League Baseball free agency because it feels like over the last week or so we've had some huge names sign, and yeah. even in the last week, Jacob Degrom signed with the Texas Rangers. That's an interesting one and a little bit surprising for me because he went to the Rangers. But mm-hmm. also, I did not realize he was 35 years old. I did not either. How many innings did he, how many innings did he pitch in like the last? In the two last years? two years, he has only pitched 156 innings. That's not good. <laughs> I know we talk about it all the time, like man, when I grow up, I want to be like Chase Daniels. Maybe it's Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. Well, you and start your career off there. hot, and then you reach this point where it's like, mm, actually, I'm not going to pitch that much, and I'm getting yep. buku loads of money. Yeah, because when he is healthy in pitching, he's probably the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. However, that dude misses so much time. And now you're going to the Rangers. Like, pff, I just don't feel like the Rangers are going to be good. They're, they're one of those teams that's spending a lot of money. I don't feel like they're going to be good. I've been really wrong on baseball before, 
But that's a that's a risky signing. He gets a five year, one hundred eighty five million dollar deal. That's going to put him, you know, pitching until he's forty. But at the same time, uh, guys like Justin Verlander are yeah. still getting it done, and you know he signed as well. I think with the he's Mets. Met now, right? Yeah. yeah, just pretty much replaced uh, Jake mm-hmm. Grom. So, and so maybe it works out. I just it's weird too that he's going to the Rangers. Did you just say how old Verlander was? Verlander's got to be like forty two now. No way, and just want to say young. I feel like Justin Verlander is very old. I don't know for sure Man, how old he is. I'm going to be stunned. I'm looking. I up. know he's married to Kate Upton. He's 39. Like if I could go back and someone's like, "When you grow up, who do you want to be?" My answer would be Justin. Verlander. <laughs> now you've changed. So you went from Chase Daniel to Jacob DeGrom. No, I'm saying like that's the topic <laughs> we always say is like, yeah. hey, like you know what I mean, da da da. But if you if someone was like, hey, like what career like would you want? It'd be Justin Verlander. And here's I'm gonna be a god in Detroit. I can go back there anytime. People, yeah, love probably me. in Houston as well. Yeah, and it's just like during that time period, I've married one of the hottest women on this earth. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just, oh, my word. Uh-huh. Kate Upton was my, like, that was, was that moment in school where I was just like, yeah, I like women. She's real? This is a real person? Yeah, I like the assets that are there. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Here's another just stupid thing about sports in general. I'm sitting here talking about how old Jacob deGrom is. I'm like, that dude's old. Can you believe they gave him a five-year deal? Or Justin Verlander. I'm like, pfft. He's getting paid. He's old as balls. Mm-hmm. I'm 35 years old myself. <laughs> I'm actually older Not than Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> Justin Verlander and I would have went to high school together. Oh, and I'm like, these dudes are old. Why are they still getting paid? So I guess I have to give up on the dream. It's just it's not going to happen for me. I'm never going to be discovered athletically. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, looking at the Texas Rangers depth chart right now, there's some promise there, especially with the addition of Jacob DeGrom. Like, if he stays healthy this whole year, that's a big if. Yeah. It's if him and John Gray. Some of it. There's your two like there's your two guys right there. John Gray is kind of one of those underrated pitchers right now in the MLB. They signed Corey Singer last year. They have Marcus Simeon at second base. Nathan Nathaniel Lowe at first. He's kind of up and down through the season. But, like, there's some pieces there, too, for the Rangers. I'm not going to say you act like a, an expert on this, but – there's some recognizable names there that are decent ball players. You it kind of keep adding to that. To me, it does kind of feel like what the Padres did a couple of years ago when people laughed at them. It's mm-hmm. like, why are you signing Eric Hosmer? Yes. What are you doing with Manny Machado? Like, why is, yes. You're going to San Diego to die. Like, you're never <laughs> going to be good there. And even the Eric Hosmer signing was not good. Yeah. But it showed that they were willing to spend money and get some of those other guys in there. Like, even Manny Machado, I don't know if he goes there without the Eric Hosmer deal already done because yeah. it is like okay they're getting other guys here so even for the rangers bringing in guys like Corey seager it's like okay well they're making some moves so it, this does remind me a lot of what the padres did and guess what padres are great mm-hmm. now and you know they signed a, another massive deal as well signing xander bogarts to an 11 year 280 million dollar deal i don't i tweeted it i'll read my tweets here <laughs> I thought we were done giving out these long contracts in baseball. Like after the Albert Pujols deal and like the Miguel Cabrera mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, no, we're not doing these 10 year deals anymore. We don't do that. And, you know, we were seeing guys sign for like six or seven years. Then Xander Bogarts, who is 30 years old, can't even field well at shortstop, <laughs> signs an 11 year deal. Like you're going to be paying this dude until he's 41 years old to play shitty shortstop. 
but hit 280 with 30 home runs. Yeah. Uh, it, that one really surprised me, but yeah, good for him. And the Padres, they're going to spend money. They made a, a really nice run at Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, another guy, stays with the Yankees. And you talk about contract year. I know you love that one. Uh, best one ever. They had the best contract year ever. Oh, the Yankees went yeah. from offering him seven years, sorry, $213 million, to offering him nine years, Three hundred and sixty million dollars. And wasn't there like the rumor too that like was it the giant the Giants are positive? It was one of those two teams, I believe, offered him a contract, and he went back to the Yankees, and then they upped their deal again. And he was like, "Okay, cool, I'll sign here." Yeah, I think I heard that one too. That they so, were offering I mean, him like ten years, forty million, yeah, or four hundred million. But I mean, he, this guy got a raise of about ten million dollars per year and from thing- what the Yankees were offering mm-hmm. him to what he signed. 62 home runs or whatever will do that for you, though. Oh, without a doubt. And it just seems like he's still clean. I don't know if they're doing any testing mm-hmm. or if it was like, actually, we're just not going to test this year. Our pools last season, <laughs> let's get him to get to 500. Right. We'll start testing again next year and make sure you're off at this date. But when you're Aaron Judge and you're the Yankees, too, like, is there not the concern of, like, okay, this was a contract year. He played with something mm-hmm. to prove. Now he has his money. Like, yeah. do, do they all get complacent? Or is it for the Yankees where it's like, Okay, we want to go win a title now. Like we we mm-hmm. still have yet to do that. We we just can't get over that hump. We keep we keep failing. I I would feel much better about the Aaron Judge concert, contract than I would the Jacob Degrom one or the Xander Bogarts one. And another guy that we haven't mentioned yet, Trey Turner signing with the Phillies gets mm-hmm. eleven years, three hundred million. Uh, to me, Aaron Judge is going to live up to those numbers a little bit better than any of those other guys. And it, like if you're DHing him and he's still hitting 45 home runs as an old man, you're probably gonna be pretty happy with that. Trey Turner is a guy that I absolutely love. He's one of my favorite players. It's at like age 40. What is what is he gonna be doing? He's gonna be making like 28 million dollars a year. Actually, mm-hmm. if it's like prorated, he's probably gonna be making more like 35, 38 million dollars. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna run like he does now. So and that's he's a- not gonna hit for power. What like what do you do with them? Like, you right, you're going to first base. You right, you're going to be paying an old ass second baseman that can barely run anymore. But I mean, good for Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts, guys mm-hmm. that get massive contracts. But I I feel much better about Aaron Judge and him playing right field. Like that arm's going to stay pretty good uh, his entire career. He's already a plus outfielder, and it, you know if he's running into forty home runs, he's selling tickets and he's selling jerseys, and you're going to be happy with what he's doing there. So I, w- I would be happy with any of that. A couple other guys that are still on the list that I think are probably going to be next are Carlos Correa and Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. And I was reading some Royal stuff about the Royals making a run for Dansby Swanson. And I will tell you what I'm all in. I'm no. all in on Dansby Swanson as a Royal. <laughs> I would be stunned. They have never <laughs> given out a contract worth a hundred million dollars. <laughs> That I can't even say that without laughing. That's <laughs> embarrassingly bad. They have never in their history given out a $100 million contract. But bringing in and making a run at a guy like Dansby Swanson, Bobby Witt is great. He's not played great at shortstop. Move him to third. Uh, Raul Mondesi, whatever his name is now, he's irrelevant. He is not a part of the future for the Royals. Bring him in, in a guy outcome. like yeah, Dansby Swanson. And there are going to be a lot of teams after him. I know the Cardinals are as well. Bringing in a guy like Dansby Swanson to be that veteran leader for a really young team has me all in on Dansby Swanson. 
Now, what does that mean is going to happen? He's going to sign with the St. Louis Cardinals, like, this week, probably. Oh, man, you're because probably right, because they need a This happens to me uh. every time. Nolan Arenado. Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> now I'm in, and I'm like, yeah, let's get Dansby Swanson. Uh. He will probably have signed by the time we're done, since I've put this out into the universe now. Breaking, you're not going to believe it, breaking news. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no! And then Carlos Correa, that's another one. I'm surprised that he hasn't signed yet. Either, but I think he's a Scott Boris guy. He's going to get paid in like late yeah. January, February. I don't know where, do where you it's going to be. Ends up? I don't know. Like it, the Cardinals need a shortstop, uh-huh. but I feel like that's not really their fit. He's not going to go back to Houston because they've got their guy. Yeah. But I mean, Boston. Did Boston mm-hmm. pay for him? Yeah, they've got a big hole at shortstop now. Hmm. It's going to be interesting, especially with, you know, because like you said, he's probably going to get paid till January, February. But even with Dansby Swanson, you got me excited now about the possibility of him ending with the Royals. But then it turns into the question of what do you do with Nicky Lopez? Alberto Montesi, you're probably going to the outfield. We just saw a lot of these young guys come up. Hmm. There's a new manager in town. There's just a whole new slew of everything for the Royals. If you bring in Dansby Swanson, is that one of those deals where, like, okay, this is our main building piece here? Or is it a, we just want to ride this out with the young guys and see what we have and what we don't have, and then we'll build next year? Does that um, make sense? Yeah. And the article that I was reading about it, too, was talking about just having that guy that can bring along the young players. So you can still put guys like uh, Prado in the lineup. You can put MJ yeah. Melendez in the outfield. Move Bobby Witt to third base, where he's probably more of a natural fit anyway. But then you do. You've paid for a guy to come in and be the mentor of a really young team. Mm-hmm. And Nicky Lopez, maybe you can still keep him at second. I I would like to see the Royals trade Mondesi. I can you get anything out of him? Anything you get is better than him playing twenty seven <laughs> games. I wouldn't mind <laughs> if he took over in the center field. Yeah, that's been the move for him. I think, in my opinion, for yeah. The last I mean, I mean we've been talking about it for a year and a half. It feels like yeah, he's just, he can't play everyday shortstop, and so we'll see. The Royals will probably do absolutely nothing in free agency because they never do. Uh, but that's okay because at least they are our lovable losers. And I'm fine with that. I've made my peace with the Royals. Uh, sadly, Dansby Swanson probably going to be a Cardinal. That's whatever. Um, but the Carlos Correa one is going to be an interesting fit. Like who has the money to go out and get him? I don't even really know off the top of my head. I, I mentioned, like, the Red Sox. I, the Red Sox are weird, though, because they're always like, man, we're not spending money. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. The yeah, Padres, they say that, and then it's like, poof. Okay, oh, you know, and another thing with the Padres, too, is that a lot of people were wondering, like, what do you do with Fernando Tatis Jr. now? And I thought it was, like, a known thing. Like, they're moving his ass to the outfield. He's going to be playing. So right I, that's what I meant to ask you earlier, but then we kind of moved on. So that is the plan, then. Tatis yeah. is going to the outfield, so he just stays healthy? That's what I would do with him, and it does. It sounds like that's what is going to happen. I just, to me, that should have been like official. Like, yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. He's he's an exciting shortstop, but he's another one of those guys that gets kind of overrated as a fielder because he'll make those wow plays that get put on Sports Center, but then he'll like routine ground ball error. Yeah, you know, so I'm putting that arm in the outfield with his legs. He's going to be. He could be um, a gold glover yeah. in the outfield year one. You know, like our guy, Alex Gordon. 
struggled at third base. They put him in left field. He's one of the best fielding left fielders of the last, you know, decade or whatever. I think putting Tatis in the outfield is going to be huge for keeping those bats, too. And, you know, Juan Soto is another guy that they have there, too. Yeah, golly, forget about that. Uh, a landing spot for Carlos Correa, San Francisco Giants. Yeah, they're looking they missed out on Aaron Judge. Just clearly have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I could see it happening. Again, it probably won't happen until, like, February with him. But yeah. That's all right. Baseball season, very exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm already getting excited about spring. I have people ask me all the time about the Royals' new stadium. I just get pumped to talk about baseball. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we're like two weeks out from Christmas. Maybe I'll start paying more attention to basketball. I know. I the s- fact that they don't start the season on Christmas Day is just stupid. It really feels like. Or starting on with- Thanksgiving, even. And be like, hey, here's a month of like games that nobody really cares about. And it's the same thing with college basketball, too, because I've not really paid attention to it at all. Like, the number one team got upset. I believe that was this weekend. I didn't watch it. I didn't care. Houston did? Yeah. Texas lost to Illinois on Tuesday. I saw that. Mm-hmm. He's eating half-priced wings at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> also, by the way, uh, I think I've made a little bit of a heel turn on Buffalo Wild Wings. I've been there twice in the last three months. The one here? Mm-hmm. Oh. And I kind of liked it. I'm not going to lie. Well, they're not a sponsor, so... Uh, not. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. There's um, a local joint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is it for us, though. Um, we will be out again on Thursday with the holiday schedule. Two busy fellas. It happens. Uh, we do appreciate you guys listening and joining along, uh, interacting on Twitter, uh, downloading the show wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Apple, Spotify, or right here in the Colin app. A lot of people in the chat tonight. That was great. Uh, again, to interact with you guys. But that's it for us. Big Country and I back at it again next Sunday, breaking down who knows what in the world of sports.